How are you doing today? Man, I, I, by the way, I'm James Dearman. I'm uh, the pastor in the Hebrew Springs campus of New Life Church. And first of all, I want to say, look at you guys in church, summer, Sunday. Can y'all give yourselves a hand? I love this campus, man. You guys are great. And uh, listen, uh, my wife is here with me as well. She was sitting right there. Her name is Kamani, but she disappeared. So that's great. Uh, she knows too many people in here. That's the problem. Uh, but I want to show you real quick just a, a picture of my family. I think they have this. Uh, we have four boys. You guys pray for my wife. Our dog is female, so that kind of evens it all out in my mind. Uh, but uh, on the far right is Philip. That's my oldest. And then, uh, and then we had a seven-year gap between the rest of them. I was talking to somebody uh, before the service, how when you have a child and when you're really young, it's like culture shock, and you, so you don't have kids for a while. So, so then Hayden is our second one there, and then, of course, Kamani and I. And uh, on the far left is, is our third one. That's Nathan. And then uh, Jonathan is the little one. Uh, Kamani calls him our caboose because we are done. <laughs> All right. Hey, we're blessed, but we are done. Okay, four is enough. And this picture was taken about a year and a half ago. So uh, all those boys are much bigger now, uh, especially a few of them. <laughs> but uh, listen, I want to brag on Jesus just for a second because you, you may not know how how much God's doing, but can I just tell you, across the state of Arkansas and now even in Florida where we have a campus, God is restoring lives. Jesus is changing people. I mean, it is incredible to see people who maybe used to be in church a long time ago uh, have come back to God and come back to the family of God. And uh, I just love, love, love getting to travel to other campuses and see the same things happening there that's happening at our, our location. Uh, also, uh, Kevin and Robbie are some of our best friends. Uh, all of the pastors on staff are friends, but seriously, Kevin is uh, one of my best friends in ministry. And so we're doing a pastor swap today. He's in Hebrew Springs, and you guys get me. So uh, I don't know which one's the better deal, but we'll see. Uh, and, and I'll say this, you guys have a great team here, a team of leaders and pastors. Can you give it up for your pastors right now and your leaders? They're so good. Well, I want to talk about something that happened to me last summer. It was almost exactly a year ago, and uh, it wasn't fun. I, uh, last summer, I, I suffered through severe vertigo. Uh, has anybody ever had anything like that, vertigo? Man, it is, listen, it is the worst thing I've ever had. I've had the flu, and uh, man, compared to vertigo, the flu is like Weenie Hut Jr. style, you know what I'm saying? Because this thing I had, there, there's, there's no manning up. You just knock yourself out and wake up next week, and that's pretty much all you can do. Uh, but for me, as I was recovering out of this thing, uh, I, I would go out in public. That's a bad idea uh, <laughs> when you have vertigo. Uh, I was at a soccer event for my son, and somebody looked at me, and they looked in my eyes, and they said, have you been drinking? <laughs> I was like, no. Why? What have you heard? <laughs> you know? uh, but uh, also, the worst thing about it was this. I'd never experienced anything like that. So I went online to check out my symptoms. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know WebMD. Okay. Uh, let me give you some advice. This might be the best advice I give you. When you are sick, please don't go online and check out your symptoms. Because if you do, it will lead you to the only logical conclusion. You are definitely dying. <laughs> I was like, dude, my shoulder was a little messed up. Yeah, I know, and now you're dying. And that's the way WebMD works. Uh, 
so, so I want to talk to you about a topic today. I want to talk to you about worry. Everybody say worry. Okay. Uh, in fact, I want to talk about going from worried sick to worry free in our lives. And uh, the reason I love exposing this topic so much is because I personally know how debilitating worry can be more than any sickness. In fact, it's like a sickness of the soul. And uh, it's not like an introvert thing or an extrovert thing or uh, a guy or a girl thing. No, I believe this, that everybody deals with this in some level in their lives, okay, at some season in their lives maybe, sometimes all the time. But some of us are just better at hiding it than other people, okay. And uh, it, it, it can be a dad that just worries about how am I going to pay these bills or, or a kid that's worried like whether people like him or not or even adults that worry about that or, or a mom that, that worries whether or not her kids are going to turn out to be jerks and everybody's going to blame her for it, you know. Uh, people worry about dying of cancer all the time. Uh, some people worry whether they'll ever get married and, and others worry that they'll have to stay married, you know, uh, whatever the case is. But I was reading about anxiety and worry this week, or last week rather, and how a little tiny bit of anxiety can be healthy for you. If, it's, if it moves you to action like this, Wow, I was really worried about that test. I studied for it. Now I'm okay. But guys, listen, that's not how it usually works. Usually, most of the time, it paralyzes us. That's what worry does. It renders us useless. And, and, and the thing is, we worry about things that we have absolutely no control over most of the time. And, 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 and we, don't, we can't do anything about it. And yet it still steals our joy. It steals our peace. Listen, it makes our lives miserable. All the believers in here, y'all look at me when I say this. That is not the life that Jesus came and died on the cross to give us, okay? That is, can I get a better amen than that? He didn't give us that kind of a life. And I'm not talking about fear necessarily, although that's a real deal. Uh, but I'm talking about worry, and it's more like an anxiety in your life. Let me give you a definition. It means to torment oneself with or suffer from disturbing thoughts to fret, to fret. And it comes from an old Anglo-Saxon word that means to choke or to strangle. Isn't that a great picture of what worry does in our lives? It's an accurate picture. It chokes the life out of us. And uh, I've dealt with this at various uh, seasons in my life. And maybe it's different for you. But for me, it used to show up like this. Almost like a, a low-grade anxiety in the background of my mind. Like there. And and I hate to even admit it, but it would, it would wear me down. It would just wear me out sometimes. Because back there, can anyone relate to that? Just, just that, that anxiety. And worry does have physical effects on you. It causes unnecessary stress. How many of y'all know that we have enough stress in this life without adding unnecessary bunches of stress onto ourselves? It causes headaches, loss of sleep, high blood pressure. It can make you sick. And full-blown, it causes depression. Uh, I'll tell you, a good friend of mine, this happened just recently, uh, his wife, this happened right in our foyer of our church a couple of weeks back, uh, she, she started having these, it was like epileptic type seizures right there in our foyer, and uh, she went to the doctor, and they said, there is nothing wrong with you. Uh, there, there's nothing physically wrong with you. You know what they said? They said, this is from worry and anxiety. Man, think about that. That's where, that's, where it wants to, that's where the enemy wants to land us, right there. We're going to look at some biblical solutions to worry in our lives. But real quick, first, 
I just want to throw out a couple of types of worriers and see if you're in here or if someone you know is one of these types. And uh, listen, if the person is sitting right next to you that you recognize in here, don't make it too obvious with the eye rolls or the side eyes, okay? But, but the first one is the Mayday Warrior, the Mayday Warrior. Now, these are people who live like their plane is going down, and they can't get anyone on the radio, right? And so, help! Uh, then there's the, the Yesterday Warrior. These are people who can't get over their, their past mistakes, right? They worry about the past. They have what I call the shoulda, woulda, coulda syndrome, regrets. Is that you? Worried about the past. And then there's the someday worrier, someday. And uh, these are people who worry about what might happen one day in the future. Y'all, I think a lot of us live right here in this place. Someday, like, what if this happens? What if that happens? Yeah, what if something good happens? No, it's usually what if something bad happens, right? Then there's the everyday worrier. And these people have taken worry from a hobby to a full-time occupation because they're trapped in this cycle. So let's, uh, let's look at this uh, first verse, Proverbs 15, 15. And they'll keep it on the screen for a little while. Look what it says. It says, for the despondent. Now, what is that? That's the downhearted, the low, the pessimistic. Guys, this is exactly where worry leaves you. This is a picture of worry. What does it say about uh, those people? It says that every day brings trouble. That is so true. I know for me, if I'm always like worried what could go wrong, or I'm just dwelling on how bad life is in the moment, man, I am miserable, and I tend to get angry and frustrated, and I'm just a joy for my wife to be around, let me tell you, okay? Uh, so, so, so look what else it says. It says, for the happy heart, this is where we want to be, life is a continual feast. Man, raise your hand in here if you want some of that in your life. Come on. Hopefully all of you. Yeah. Yeah, but hold on. Listen, a happy heart, that doesn't happen just because everything is perfect around you, right? No. That's why you can have somebody who, it looks like they should be having a terrible day, but they're happy, right? There's those people. <laughs> they're just happy. Our worship pastor and student pastor, Chuck Jeffcoats, is that guy. I mean... He really has an attitude problem, okay? He has, a, he has such a good attitude, it makes me look bad. And that's a problem, all right? That's an attitude problem. But there's other people, there's other people that you see them and, and, and everything around them is great. And they should be having a great day, but they're miserable inside. Because of this topic I'm talking about. There's anxiety, there's worry. Listen, Jesus never promised us an easy-peasy life, did he? He never said we were going to have a cushy life. But he did promise us his peace. Look at this. John 14, 27. He says, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. But guys, look, a gift is something you have to accept, right? Somebody can give you a gift, but you have to receive it. And that's what this verse is telling me, that we have a choice. And we have to learn how to reject worry and accept peace from Jesus. Uh, Pastor Rick Bazette calls, calls, call, calls worry a thief like it robs you. Think about this. It actually robs you of things. It really does. He's right. It steals you of your joy. It steals you of your peace. We already talked about that. It just steals your ability to enjoy life every day. It's true, but it's also a liar. Because 95% of the stuff you worry about never happens. 
And the 5% that does happen is always about your college baseball team. I'm just telling you. Is that too soon? That's too soon, right? You would think that Kevin could at least get a hog fan to preach to you on this weekend of all weekends and not an LSU fan. But moving on, all right. He messed that one up too. You're going to have to talk to him about that one. Poor planning on that one. Seriously, guys, what do we do about this? Because, listen, God wants us walking around free, just, just happy all the time. He really does want that. He wants us happy in our spirits. And I'm telling you, if you can walk around with a happy heart, that is a game changer for your life. It's definitely a game changer for your spouse and for your family as well and your ministry and your work. So I want to look at some, some scriptural solutions to this thing. And this next scripture, it, it, it literally saved my life. I believe this, in my late 20s. Because it was like when I was a, a teenager and growing up and, and in my young 20s, all of that, it's like I didn't think about enough things. But then somewhere along the way, as, as I got older, I started worrying about everything all the time, too much. Uh, so look at this scripture. Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7. It says, don't worry about anything. Come on, look to somebody next to you and say, just don't worry. Say, don't worry, be happy. Y'all remember that song? Any children of the 80s in here? Okay, don't worry about it. If you don't know what I'm talking about, Google it. But he says, don't worry about anything. Notice that that's a command. Like he's telling us, this is what you have to do. Like we can pull this off. He says, instead, here's the, here's the way you pull this off. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then, I'm an engineer as well. I like these. If you do this, then you get this. It's a formula, guys. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So, to go from worried sick to worried free in your life. Three things. Write these down. Uh, First thing is this. You have to learn how to do this. Recognize worry. Recognize your worry. Like, you have to actually recognize this is going on in your life. And it's so subtle. Uh, I told you about my life a little bit. But I would get so used to living this way, and it is so subtle, that, that it's almost like half the battle in this, guys, is just recognizing, like having a light bulb moment, like, whoa, I'm letting worry dictate my thoughts, it's dictating my decision making, and it's dictating my behaviors, right? This is where I had, to, I had to come to terms with this, like, man, this is what's happening. And so you have to do that too. It, it's a lot like uh, when you have bad eyesight, you know, and, and you don't really know how bad your eyesight is until it's corrected. Man, and then you're like, wow, I've been living this way all this time. It's the same thing. How many of y'all have bad eyesight in here? Anybody in here? Man, mine is terrible. Without my contact lenses, I wouldn't even recognize my own wife. And that's dangerous. I, I, may, I might could, I could recognize maybe that she's a woman or a very shapely man. I mean, you know, <laughs> which would be weird. But I remember the first day that I got glasses as a kid, and I walked outside and I saw a tree, and I was like, whoa, leaves? Are you kidding me? What are those things? They're so pretty. And I looked at my mom, and I was like, mom, you have a face. Man, this is great. This is great. So listen, this is exactly how worry is. You have to recognize it's going on in your life. And sometimes you need friends around you. That's why you need friends, to help you see this. And you've got to recognize worry for what it is. It is not of God. It's not. You show me one scripture, one scripture that speaks to believers like this. Okay, now worry. Okay, this happened. No, it doesn't. You're not going to find it. It's not of God. And you have to recognize 
that worry is hurting your life like it was hurting mine. And you may not even realize that's what's happening. Uh, here's an indicator. Here's an indicator to help you out. You'll also be struggling with other sinful behaviors in your life. Because what you're doing is you're desperately looking for an escape from the anxiety, and you're looking for it in coping mechanisms. So just, just a hint. That might be, that might be worry in your, in your life. And don't make excuses for your worry. Like, you know, I'm just a realist. Yeah, you're real negative. That, that's, that's, that's how real you are. And, and what I'm not coaching you to do is to be fake. That is not what I'm saying. In fact, if you can do something that, about that situation that's bothering you, then stop worrying and just do it, okay? Like Boudreaux. You guys are familiar with Boudreaux at all? Yeah, he, he grew up where I grew up. And Boudreaux, man, he was usually lazy most of the time. Until one day he came home and he told his wife, he said, I found a job. And she's like, really? That's amazing. That's great, Boudreaux. And he said, yeah, it's a great job. Hours are 10 to 3, Monday through Friday. And uh, the pay is like 500 a week. And she looked at him and she said, that's so good, but that almost sounds too good to be true. And he looks back at her and he says, oh, it's true, all right. You start on Monday. <laughs> So you see, if you can do something about your situation to better yourself, you just go ahead and do it. But guys, listen, you're going to have to come to terms with this and admit that there are some things. No, let me change that. There are many things you have no control over in your life. Where are my control freaks at, right? This is going to give you a lot of peace right here to just admit that there are some things you have no control over. Look at what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6. Starting in verse 25, he said, that's why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Then he goes on and he points out how good God is at taking care of the birds. And, and, and he talks about how good God is at taking care of even the flowers. You know what he's doing? He is building a case for us to actually trust God and to believe that God cares about us. Jump to verse 31. He says, so don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? And then Jesus says, don't worry, Cersei. You're about to get a TJ Maxx. It's going to be okay, you know? All that. It's going to take care of itself. And I'm really jealous. My wife's really jealous, by the way. Because Hebrew, man, we got nothing. I mean, I'm getting off on another tangent here. Let me, let me say this. Jesus really didn't say that. Look what he really did say. He said, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. He's saying people that don't know the Lord live this way. You certainly don't need to. Why? Because your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Big warning here. Notice he says live righteously. Okay, if we are blatantly ignoring the word of God in our lives, maybe we should worry. But even then, I say don't worry, just repent. Like turn to God. Stop turning away from God and turn to him. Can I get a better amen than that? All right. So when we worry, here's what, here's what we're actually telling God. We're telling God this. God, you can't handle this one. Only I can. <laughs> when you think about it logically, it's ridiculous. But it is like that. We're saying, God, you can't handle my marriage. Uh-uh. I'm going to worry this thing to get better a little bit, you know. God, you can't handle my kids, that's for sure. You can't handle that deadline or that meeting that I got coming up at work. 
I've got to handle it myself. God, you know that thing you call me to do? You can't handle it, so I'm going to worry about it. It's actually insane when you think about it. But this is what we do. Francis Chan says it like this. He says, worry implies that we don't quite trust God as big enough, powerful enough, or loving enough to take care of what's happening in our lives. Y'all look at me. I figured this out about my life. It is a trust issue. Write that down somewhere. It is a trust issue. That's the problem. Somewhere along the way, I'm not trusting God enough. And that's why I worry. So let me ask you this question. How many of you find it easier to trust somebody that you know really well versus a stranger? And come on. Anybody? Come on, your parents raised you better than that, right? Remember, stranger danger, all that stuff, right? You do. You, you trust people you know, and you have a hard time trusting people you don't know. Well, if you want to trust God more and more in your life, guess what? You get to know him more and more in your life. You, you spend time with him more and more in your life, which brings me to the second thing. Uh, if you want God's peace in your life and you want to stop worrying, look, talk to God about your worries. It sounds so simple. It's simple to say, but it's like, it's like God is there saying, let me in. He's, he's pleading with us. Just let me in. You're all worried about all these things, but you just need to talk to me. Look at Philippians 4, 6 again. It says, tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you'll experience God's peace. Here's another scripture that's very similar. 1 Peter 5, 7. It says, give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Y'all look at me. I promise you, I'm making you this promise. That hearing God's voice, like getting close to God and hearing his voice in your life is the answer to your anxiety. I'll say it even better than that. Hearing God's voice in your life is the answer to thousands of your problems. Because why? Because God's voice, it's life, it's peace, it's confidence, it's strength, it's power. And if you're hearing God's voice clearly, that thing that you're so, that issue that you're worried about becomes a non-issue like that. Like that. So you need his voice. Look at what else. In that verse in Philippians, it, notice it just, it says, thank God. It says, thank God. Can I say that I found that thankfulness attracts God's favor to my life? Like he doesn't just dole out favor randomly. It's to the thankful ones. Parents understand this, this idea, right? With thankful kids versus ungrateful, ungrateful kids. Here's why that works. is because whereas worry tells God, God, I cannot trust you. Thankfulness, it's related to faith. It's like, God, I can trust you. I've trusted you before and I'm going to trust you again. An ungrateful heart is one that has forgotten that we depend 100% on God for everything anyway. And so, let God in on your worries. Uh, practice gratefulness if you, if you want his peace in your life. And one more thing. And this one is the big battle right here. This is the one that we have to, have to win. And that is choose life-giving thoughts. Choose life-giving thoughts. This was the battle for me. And something I continually work on. You have to think about what you think about. I had to learn how to think about what I think about. And Jonathan Edwards, the great preacher, he put it this way. He said, the ideas and images in men's minds, in other words, what we dwell on, what we think about, are the invisible powers that constantly govern them. And that's true. 
Uh, Jesus taught us this, right? This is just truth. He said, whatever is in your heart, it always comes out. Like what you're thinking about and what's in your heart, eventually that's what you're going to say, and it's what you're going to do. You can't escape it. It's human nature. And so when we worry, what, what are we doing? When we worry, what we're really doing is we're dwelling on our fears. Isn't that right? We're thinking about our fears all the time. And fear, that's not of God, right? The Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of fear. If you're a believer in here, that's not of God. He says that he gives us a spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind. And again, if you're a Christ follower, you need to accept that and believe that about yourself. All right? So when we're worrying, we're dwelling on our fears. That's not of God. We're going to produce things in our life that we don't want to produce. Here's the good news. God, he tells us what to fill our minds with. He really does. It's pretty easy. If we want peace in our lives, he says this is what you to fill your, fill your mind with. Philippians 4, let's go on to verse 8. He says, fix your thoughts. Well, time out. There's our problem right there. <laughs> yeah, we do have to fix our thoughts, right? But he says, fix your thoughts on what is true. Now, this is not the power of positive thinking. All right? This is concentrating on God's word, which is truth. All right? So fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure, not the bachelorette. Okay, I'll leave that there. Keep going. Uh, and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Then, then the God of peace will be with you. Hold on. This is great. If you think about these things, all right, if you think, then you will have peace. You know what he's telling us? He's saying that what we allow into our souls through our eyes and our ears, we what we allow into our minds, it matters. It matters a lot. They can either help us with peace or hurt us. Now, guys, I, look, I, I joked a little bit about the bachelorette thing, but man, some of us really need to use this Philippians filter for our own good. This is what I found out, for my own good. And, and I want you to stop thinking in terms of this. Come on, get out of this religious game, all right? Oh, I, I shouldn't look at this, or I shouldn't listen to that, or, or I shouldn't, shouldn't think about that. No, no, no. Start thinking in terms of this. What actually produces the life of God in me? What, what, what benefits the life of God in me? Let's just, let, let me dwell on those things. Let me look at those things. Are y'all still with me? Y'all still here? And he's saying this, life-giving stuff breeds peace. It's just the way it is. And non-life-giving stuff, it breeds the stuff we're trying to avoid, like worry, anxiety, all of these things, confusion. And God, here's some more good news. He's given us the power to change the way we think. He has given us the power to change our thoughts and, and the patterns in our lives. Listen, the only re Kevin knows all about this, all right? He probably teaches this all the time. But the reason that our thinking patterns are habitual is because our brains have established some neural pathways, which God is amazing. He designed our brains. It's an absolute miracle. Okay, but so we have these, these things, these behaviors that are triggered automatically in our minds. And that, that's why when somebody in the office, for instance, maybe where you work, they go and eat that thing that you saved for yourself in the refrigerator, your mouth automatically opens up and says things that shocks even you, you know? And you're like, I used to be a Baptist. How can I talk like that? Listen, it's, it's an automatic response system. That's what it is. It's, that's it. Uh, but, but, you know, you can create new patterns of thinking with the help of the Holy Spirit. You can. It's what I had to do. How do you do it? It's simple. It's, first of all, it's recognize, going back to what I first talked about. 
recognizing the thought. And here's what I'm telling you as a pastor. I'm just giving you this advice. Do not allow any thought that steals the life of God from you. Don't allow your mind to dwell there. Just don't. So you recognize it. And then what? Well, what's the next step? It's easy. Recognize, then replace. That's how you break habits. Replace them with something else. What do you replace it with? The Word of God. It's simple. The Word. So when worry, guys, listen, anxiety creeps into your mind, I want you to, I want you to do this exercise. Refuse it, and then find yourself a promise of God. And then you say it, you pray it, you sing it, if nobody's around. And, you know, you know if you sound great like these guys up here, you can sing it anywhere you want. Print it out. Put it all over your house. That's what my wife does. She prints scriptures, and they're all over my home. One of my favorites is, uh, is the one about streams of living water, right, will flow from within you, and she's got it posted right above the toilet. I might have made that part up. I, I can't remember, really, but it's a little blurry. Um, you know, they say if you do this, this, this exercise I'm talking about, recognizing and replacing, they say after 90 days of doing this, that you will, have, you will successfully retrain your brain so that, so that when you catch something on your radar that's worrisome normally to you, your brain won't automatically jump to worry anymore. You'll automatically jump to, you know what? Jesus got this. This is nothing. In fact, this just gives Jesus a chance to show off. And even if the worst happens, I'm still going to be okay. That's where you're going to automatically jump to. Man, you need that in your life. I need it in my life. Last verse, and then I want to pray for you. Look at this verse, Isaiah 26, verse 3. I think this is for somebody in here today. It says, you, God, will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. And that sums up everything we've been talking about. Listen, I want to tell you a quick story. I, uh, I went to my backyard the other day, last week, just walked out there, was trying to seek God. And some of y'all think pastors have this like automatic connect to the Spirit of God. Like it's always easy for us to connect to Him. And I gotta tell you, it's just not the way it is. Uh, not for this pastor anyway. Sometimes I struggle with that. And sometimes it's great, just like any of you. But the other day I, I was really seeking Him and, and I just needed, needed the Holy Spirit. And so I went back there. It was a shade tree and I, and I just stood there in the shade. It was very peaceful. And, uh, man, this breeze just kicked up. And in this heat, I'm really thankful for that. But uh, it was like with that breeze came the presence of God. Maybe you felt that. And I don't always get that, but I felt the genuine presence of God move into my life and restore peace. And it restored like a sense of fresh vision in my life, like I'm not done. In fact, I'm just beginning. It was great. New Life Church, look at me. One moment like that in the presence of the Holy Spirit is better for you. It does more for you than three weeks of vacation. I promise you need that. And so just like I mentioned earlier, the more you get to know Jesus, the more you get to trust him just naturally, right? The more you trust that he's all-powerful because he is, the more you're going to trust that he actually loves you because he does. He loves you with an unending love. No matter what you've done, he just loves you. He loves you. You can't make him love you any less or more than he already does. 
And you'll start to trust that even, even when you have no clue what to do and, and, and you're in your weakest moment, that it's just when Jesus comes around and shows off his strength and you just magnify him more and more in your weakness. And you'll start trusting these things. And here's the thing about trust. It's just like the scripture says we just read. Trust equals peace in your life. Trust equals rest. In fact, Jesus said, come to me. Come to me if you're worried like this, and I will show you how to take a real rest, a soul rest. In fact, all around this room, would you close your eyes? I want to pray for you. Stop worrying so much about how you're going to figure everything out. Man, that's how I am. I have an engineer's mind, and I'm always thinking about that stuff. But I'm saying stop doing that all the time. And instead, just accept Christ's peace in your life. It's a gift. Accept his peace. Come on, close your eyes right now and accept his peace. That thing that you're so worried about, it's got a chokehold on you right now. And I'm telling you, reject that in Jesus' name and accept his peace right now. Accept his rest right now in Jesus' name.